Tommy Timing is a proud member of the Stop screwing it up. Of the Comics Podcast Network. Bitch. Bitch? Bitch. Welcome to episode 186 of Comic Timing, a comics podcast devoted to the average comic book fan. From the average comic book fan, joining as Brent Casita, rotating panel with guests myself, Ian Levison, as whatever comes to mind, time after time, here on Comic Timing. We play a little bit of catch-up this episode, as not only are we going to talk Logan, but we're going to talk a little bit about yet another list that Brent didn't like. Here now, Comic Timing. Hey there, folks. My name is Ian Levisine, and welcome to episode 186 of Comic Timing. We are back, and uh, this one is going to be a somewhat editless-free episode, because after the last episode, I don't want to touch an editing button ever again. Brent Casino, welcome back. Hello. Howdy. How goes? Going good. Yeah, you hanging in there? Hanging in there. Cool, cool. And uh, Mr. Brandon Christopher uh, from his phone this time around to avoid any potential internet issues, although I probably just jinxed him. And I did, didn't I? <laughs> I got you. <laughs> yeah, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, folks, what's going on? Not too much, not too much. Uh, we, are, we are here, and uh, this is the first upgraded episode of Comic Timing, as for the first time in the history of Comic Timing... This episode is being recorded straight from a mixer. Yeah, I finally broke down. Finally bought a mixer after all these years. Not only that, I upgraded from Windows XP to Windows 10 on my fancy schmancy new laptop. So I'm no longer using the Windows XP desktop from 15 years ago. How about that? Oh, God. Well, miracles never end. (laughs) Ah, The more things change, man. The more things change. Well, I feel like if Hillary had won the presidency, you'd still be on that desktop. <laughs> Sad. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So uh, this this episode, we are playing a bit of catch up, as I said in the intro there. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that have come out over the past couple of weeks. We might even talk some TV if we can fit it in there, uh, as uh, a lot of stuff has been happening in the uh, the DC TV shows of late, since uh, I don't watch the Marvel one anymore, so I can't really touch on that. Uh, we what? Watched, I haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. In, uh, in like a year and a half, dude. Like, like You're missing it out on like the best season I ever on the show. I haven't watched it all season. Ugh. It is so good, though. All right. Well, we'll see. At least the benefit of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, being on ABC is that uh, it will probably wind up on Netflix within a month after the season ends. No, not the next day, because I think, I think this is the last season. Okay. Wait, it, it, have they officially announced that? No, they haven't renewed it yet, though. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, considering that, it, that it, uh, the Inhumans is coming, I wouldn't be surprised if they just bail on it now. Man, the Inhumans killed that show. Mm, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Are but, they still battling Inhumans this season? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, they're, they were battling uh, the Darkhold, uh, LMDs, and now they're inside something called the Mainframe. Ooh, fancy. I heard about the LMDs. That was that was the first, uh, uh, was that uh, Whedon's brother that uh, directed that one, if I remember correctly? Um, Jed Whedon or yeah, one of the other Whedons? Or maybe, or maybe Marshall also too. Bim, uh, but I mean, Bim Bob Whedon or uh, or Yosef Whedon uh, or uh, Shlomo Whedon. I don't know. I'm a big fan of Shlomo though. Yeah, yeah. His, his stuff's really good. Absolutely. Are mm-hmm. Fitzsimmons a couple yet? Uh, are they yes. still dancing around each other? No, they're a couple. Oh, okay, good. Finally. It's a thing I couldn't stand at the beginning of the season. I think I watched one or two episodes. 
when the season came on and they were still like dancing around. Oh, we like each other, but we're not going to do anything about it. I'm like, for fuck's sake, just. No, they, no, they were a couple at the end of the last season. But Brent, mm. will they? Won't they? Will yeah, they? Yeah, I know. Won't they? Well, that's that's it gets dumb after a while. That's Flash's problem, but that's another story. Uh, uh yeah. Uh, it, but I have not watched any Agents of Shield this year. I will probably catch up. I will probably finish that season. But I have a lot of other stuff to catch up on. I have an entire season of Grimm to watch that I'm looking forward to watching. And uh, Legion, Legion. I am. I've watched the pilot and nothing else. I have it all sitting on my DVR, waiting to be watched. And I'm looking forward to watching all of that. And I am currently watching Iron Fist, which means next episode we will get into Iron Fist. Uh, I am. How far are you? I'm. I'm three episodes in so far. I'm done. And I. I mean, spoilers. I think I will probably be the one who liked it the most out of every out of everybody here, but. Uh, let's see how I feel after 13 episodes of it. Uh, but there's I'm, still time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, there is still time to start hating it, but kind of enjoying I what I got so far. I like three episodes in as well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, great. Maybe, maybe I'll be the invert. Maybe I'll be the inverse because I hate it right now. And I'm five in. Okay. Maybe. Who know? Who the hell knows? But uh, we're gonna try to get Raph for that episode because we know how he feels about Iron Fist and uh, maybe really? some. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Right? I'm just not sure that's a good idea because it might set him over a cliff. I don't think so, though. I think actually talking through it is, sure? is helping him a lot. No, trust me. I, I hung out with him when, when at, at PAX East uh, this uh, was it last week or the week before? Week so before. He was talking about it even before the show premiered. He was. He was but, down on it. But we had, we had, some, we had some good conversations uh, about it at PAX East. Like, I mean, it, it bothers him, but it's he feels better about it when he actually gets to talk about it as opposed to just talking about it to himself on the internet. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there if we can get him on. Uh, and if not, then uh, maybe we can get uh, somebody else like Mr. Jamal Aguilon or something like that. We shall see. But uh, no promises. That is still to come. We are all here now, though. And uh, as always... Sponsored by DCBS and Discount Combo Service at DCBService.com. 50% off of Marvel DC hardcovers and trades. 40% off of Marvel DC image and dark horse single issues. And uh, you can save a little bit more via using their storefront if if that is still the case. Because I heard that uh, people don't actually get uh, affiliate uh, fees, uh, basically rewards anymore from using that. So I don't even know if uh, DCBS is still doing that. But it's, oh, you do. Yeah, okay, because last I heard, I'm talking specifically with the actual uh, comic stores themselves. The actual comic stores themselves, last I heard, since Amazon took over Comixology, are not actually getting residuals from these storefronts anymore. So All I know is I, I logged into DCBS the other day, mm-hmm. first time in a long time, to yeah. look at how many credits I had accrued. Mm-hmm. And I've only accrued $72 so far. Oh, wow. This is lifetime of using the DCBS uh, storefront. That's that's pretty good, though. So it, I did, was doing a lot of purchases on the iPad before they, nice. they kicked everybody out of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, my most recent recent purchases were on that list as having given me, like, right, two cents of credit. All right, good to know. Good to know. Yeah, so cause... DCBS is giving me credit. All right. If they're getting paid by Amazon, I don't know. I would think that if you're not receiving any kickback from mm-hmm. the digital sales why would you continue to have a storefront fair point. a digital storefront yeah no fair point so hopefully they're getting something out of it but uh, e- either way though man i mean hey there's 75 bucks you can spend on some hardcovers if you want to yes i'm waiting for one to come out or yes. the next batman black and white statue i want very nice very nice but anyway yeah go to dcbs and uh, save yourself some mega bucks on your purchases for comic book related 
needs, dcbservice.com. We thank them for their sponsorship. So you want to talk about the uh, the list first, Brent, your your, your latest uh, what the <coughs> hell are they talking about list? Yes. So I have it pulled up right here. I posted a link on the Comic Timing Facebook page a couple days ago. This list is from thehollywoodreporter.com. Mm-hmm. And as usual, any list kind of outside the nerd realm is always a little bit weird. <laughs> I think the last time we talked about like it. Yeah. The last one we talked about was from Vulture and that was for best comic book movies, I believe. Yes, it was. So this list is best comic book performances in mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. So uh, let me scroll down to the bottom here. I will read their top 10 or 15 or so. Let me let me let me add though like before you even get there Immediately, I knew I was going to hate this list when number 50 was Carl Urban's Judge Dredd. Yeah, they put him... It's not last because not everybody is listed. Yeah. But he was higher... He was lower than some others that he should have been above. Right. <laughs> okay, so obviously, Logan just came out, so their number one comic book perform- movie performance is Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Eh, right. Okay. Debatable. Yeah. Number two... Heath Ledger Joker. Mm-hmm. Number three, this will make all uh, Jamal and uh, Raph happy. Christopher Reeve as Superman. Saw that coming. Four, RDJ as Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Five, Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Sure. Six, Michael Keaton Batman. What? Yes. What? Did you not bother to read this list? I I, I read it, but I kind of forgot he was number six. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he is above Jack Nicholson Joker. That makes sense. Oh, them. here's number eight. Yeah. Get this. Yeah. This this is where, I mean, I had hit my head to my hand. Oh, God, yeah. A number of times. Yeah. <laughs> this one, I did it three times probably when I saw this because you read them in reverse order. Yeah. Uh, Gene Hackman, Lex Luthor, number eight. So, so was this before or after? Uh, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, like, like, what are you basing this on? Like, which land grab are you basing this on? <laughs> But you know what? Who was just a smidge? He was just a smidge better than Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman, number nine in the top ten. <laughs> what? Are you crazy? What the hell? Yes. And rounding out the top ten, we have Tobey Maguire, Spider Man. Nope, not a bad pick. Yeah. But they said Tobey Maguire is better than Ian McKellen, Magneto. Uh, he, we'll go to fifteen. Yeah. Number twelve, Margot Kidder, Lois Lane. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Thirteen, Chris Evans as Steve Rogers. Okay. Fourteen, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. And rounding out the top fifteen, uh, Chris Pratt as Star Lord. Now, having having Margot Kidder's uh, Lois Lane rank that high, I think is a bit of a mistake. I mean, so, so I, mean, I think Amy Adams is a better Lois Lane than Margot Kidder. I would agree with that. Yeah, in terms of journalism, just because well, you have to kind of like it's hard to rate some of the stuff because like. Uh, Margot Kidder works with what she had. You know, all the actors do. Right. So the Lois Lane in the Superman movies, while still a journalist and still a feisty firecracker, still suffered from damsel in distress mode, as does Amy Adams. Who was more of a spicy meatball than a feisty feisty firecracker. Right. Well, whatever. (laughs) What? Oh, here's what was weird. Number 17, Daphne Keene from X-23. Okay. Um, She, She was good, but... She doesn't rank on the top 50 for me. She does actually rank in my top 50. 
I don't know if I would put her below 25. I th- they I th- put Haley Atwell in here at 21 okay. for Peggy Carter. I, I, it, well, wait a minute. This was this was movies? Right, but they're they're pulling in her Agent Carter series work. Nope, 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 disqualified. I'm sorry, disqualified, and straight up. They Just below her, they have Christian Bale's Batman, which I say, bullshit. There's yeah. no way right. he is below Haley Atwell in any world. I would agree with you, yeah. Unless it's a movie they're co-starring and there's a love scene. Yeah. Um, let me find some other weird ones. <laughs> well, just in general, like... <laughs> Having having Christian Bale that low is, and honestly, having J. Jonah Jameson that low. Blade Wesley Snipes is on here in number thirty-two. All right. Not bad to pick. Yeah. I, I really like him. What was weird is though is that Storm Halle Berry ranked number thirty-five. Yeah, and would, I would not put her in my top fifty. Anna Paquin being in your top twenty-five, which makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a problem. <laughs> It's a big problem. Yeah. Well, you uh, know, you want to talk about wrong. You have Margot Robbie rating above Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus. Yeah. 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 Even w- Rosemary Harris as Aunt May. Right. In your top 50. And, Seriously. And having Nick Fury anywhere other than below the top 15 for me is a problem because I think Sam Jackson's Nick Fury deserves a lot more praise than number 28. And where's J.K. Simmons also too? I, I was uh, yeah. I said he's that. I said that way you were off there. Yeah, he he's he's top ten for me. He's he's like he's in the top twenty on this list. Yeah. Uh, some other weird ones. Zoe Saldana, number forty six, as Gamora. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? We haven't seen Not enough in that yet. first movie. We haven't seen enough yet. Yeah. And actually, um, that, that's that's my problem with a, a bunch of the things on this list is is that they include people we haven't seen enough of yet, like the fact that uh, Groot, number yeah. forty eight. Okay, yeah, but the fact that, that Gal Gadot is on there after her very slim yeah, appearance in Batman v Superman, I mean, even if you factor in the Ultimate Edition, it, it's, it's not enough to base, uh, like, we have to actually see the Wonder Woman movie first before you can put her on a top 50 list. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We, we, we kind of cobbled together uh, our own lists, uh, Brandon and, uh, and, and Brent a little bit more... Uh, than than I did. I do have a, a basic list that that I'm going to work off of. And one th- one thing one thing that I'll immediately uh, notice is is Red Skull on this list anywhere? No. No. Yeah, that's a mistake. I, I was thinking about him for my list. He didn't quite make it. Yeah, because on under 15, but he's in my top 20 for sure. I would definitely say he's at least in the in in the top 20. Yeah, because I mean, even though we only got one performance out of him, I'd say he's the second best villain we've gotten so far in the Marvel Universe. Well, his performance as Red Skull is better than V, for sure. Oh, definitely. My God. I mean, I, I think it helps a lot that you can see, actually see Hugo Weaving. Yes. Yeah. Whereas, like, they said Hugo Weaving was in the mask, mm-hmm. but I never quite believed them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in the DVD features, like, and I watched it in November, mm-hmm. most recently. That, that What, you thought it was just a voiceover? It very well could be. They they never actually have any like B roll mm. of him with the mask off in this in that big suit. True, true. Any anywhere, and I I don't know if I've ever seen any in the last fifteen years or whatever yeah. since the movie came out. Right. 
Well, anyway, yeah, gentlemen, I'm going to have you guys read yours off, and then I'm just going to throw some names out it because, uh, honestly, like I said, I, I didn't have enough time to, to do this as I would have liked. So I do have some general uh, ideas of where I would put people on my list. But, uh, Brandon, since you've, since you've talked the least due to your internet woes, uh, you want to throw out uh, your, your, your beginning of your list? Sure. All right. So I did mine kind of weird. I did mine based on memorable moments of, in movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as I saw performances, um, so I'm thinking, you know, actual moments which affected me the most. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'll go in bottom order. Um, this one's, uh, so I keep into the 15 made it a little bit difficult because I try to get some new and some old. But number 15 is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch for me, uh, specifically for Dormammu, I've come to bargain. <laughs> oh, so you have line readings? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's a moment which, for me, made the movie even better because he just got his butt beat 30 times in a row. You, you kind of you kind of want – see, now I kind of want a award show called The Lineys. <laughs> we should do that. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice to actually hear a Dormammu called Dormammu, whereas like, Dormammu. Listen to Kevin, Kevin Smith calls him Dormammu. Oh, dear God. shoot him in the face all the time. Well, that, that, that's like Magneto. Yeah. Or Lancaster. Oh, let's. Oh, uh, 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 whoa! Shut up! Well, no, it's like I'm sorry. No. Brian Deemer doesn't normally listen to comic timing. I'm sure he somehow heard that and is now mad at you. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. It, it's Lancaster, though. Yeah, it's not Lancaster. It's Lancaster. Yeah. Lancaster. All right, well, weirdos. Whatever. Lancaster. Hey, I'm <sighs> from the area. Screw you. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. Did right. you do a? Do you want to do five in a row and then right, swap sure. persons? Yeah, that works. Okay, cool. Uh, 14, um, Paul Rudd, uh, specifically for uh, his giant man scene in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the uh, oh, 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 this, the uh, fact that, you know, he was actually enjoying it. Uh, 13, Tom Holland, uh, for the one scene he had in the apartment, uh, talking about, um, you know, uh, pr- pr- for the most part, power and responsibility. Nice. Uh, number 12, Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool. Of course. Uh, for uh, his T-Rex arms joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the baby hand joke? Yeah. Maybe, or the baby hand joke too, yeah. And number 11, Mark Ruffalo for I'm Always Angry. Ruffalo, 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 Ruffalo. See, I never, I never understood that line about, like, I get the line, I just don't, I haven't seen enough Ruffalo as banner it really be like yeah he's on my on my top list he's good he's very likable i'm hoping that ragnarok thor ragnarok does it for me that's my secret then, that's my secret captain i'm always horny it's a whole different movie right there right yep. hold of movie <laughs> this is that the porn parody you've seen i i almost guarantee you that's in the porn parody all right, what do you what do you got in your uh, in your first five, Brent? Okay, uh, my alternate number sixteen. I had him as my fifteen, and then I remembered another one based off the list mm-hmm. from Hollywood Reporter. So he got bumped to sixteen. So Paul Bettany Vision, okay, was nice. great, nice. <clears throat> but number fifteen, Jackie O'Haley as Rorschach. All uh, right, num- okay. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, for a literal translation from pay, you know, character in your head. 
to on screen. Yeah, it's like top notch work. I don't, I don't, dis- I don't disagree. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely my favorite performance in the Watchmen movies. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, number fourteen, Chris Evans mm-hmm. as the Human Torch. Nice. Okay. Good. Um, good. Good curveball there. Uh, yeah, I I didn't pick it for the curveball. I was thinking about um, Chris Evans, and I like him as Captain America, but it's not like I'm not in love with him. You know, whereas I was in love with his Human Torch. I, I I've it, grown. He makes those movies watchable. I, I definitely agree with you on, on the making them watchable. I've grown to love his Captain America. I didn't at first. I, I would, I'm totally with you there. Like uh, his first time out, not so much. Uh, but by the time Winter Soldier came around, that's what sold me on, on Captain America 100%. And Civil War just cemented that. Like I, when, I, when I see Captain America in my head now, I see Chris Evans. And right. it's, it's hard for me to see anything else. Yeah. I, he's not there for me yet. Maybe by the end of his Captain America career, yeah, we shall be. see. But I, I really like him better as Human Torch because I feel like it plays more to his regular personality. Yeah. Whereas, like, it's hard to remember. I think maybe what's the problem is it's hard to remember characters who are just playing normal goody two shoes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Unless they have some really big arc or a really great moment. Right. So maybe that's why. Yeah. Uh, number 13, uh, has him as, uh, oh, there's an O on here. Thank you, autocorrect on iPad. It is Nick Cage as Big Daddy. Okay, good. Kick ass. Good, because I was about to say, what the fuck? <laughs> I would say, get um, off the call. Just get off right now. Yeah, yeah. Put the monkey I back on. going to throw you. He was just so funny in that, in that, in that role. Child! And it really... Reading reading the books, Big Daddy wasn't really like a character you you liked, right? Until you saw the movie in in that interpretation. Yeah. So whether that's the director or Nick Cage, Nick Cage totally sells that that uh, character choice. Absolutely. Number twelve, kick, kick, kick ass more like more like ass kick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Number twelve, Jim Carrey as the Riddler. One of my all-time faves. Really? Okay. He's just he's just fun. He's wacky. I I don't know. I've never thought that Batman Forever was as bad as other people say it is. Okay. For me, it's Batman, Batman Forever, Batman Returns, Batman and Robin. With a caveat with Batman Forever, if you put back in the scenes that were cut with Bruce rediscovering his identity, the ones that that are on YouTube. Uh, that were uh, basically deleted scenes that they really should have released as an extended edition of Batman Forever, then yeah. it becomes a, an excellent movie. But well, that's where the title comes from, is from those deleted scenes. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's that's why like I feel like it was a huge mistake to cut them out from the freaking movie, because then it just mm-hmm. it makes it just a campy mess. But, yeah. Yep. Man, my last pick for these five, Alfred Molina, Dr. Octopus. Nice. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, yeah. I mean, he he personifies Doctor Octopus, and Alfred Molina is a fantastic actor. So you, you got to have right. that. And I think what what made that is that they they wrote. I mean, a lot of these have to do with the scripts too. You know, it's not just the actor, but mm-hmm. they gave him a lot to work with. And like Doctor Octopus never felt like a fully realized character until that movie. Yes, yes, definitely. At least from me, the only other. 
thing I had seen him, it was in the Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah. So he had a lot of pathos and like motivation and stuff like that in that movie. And I thought that was the best thing. And then ever since then, you know, Dan Slott's done amazing work with Dr. Octopus. Yeah. Totally different than what was in that movie, but still it feels like ever since that somebody saw, you know, what Dr. Octopus could be and then built upon that. Never has there been a more superior octopus. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> 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 it's funny because he's the superior octopus in the comics now. Spoilers. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, seriously, that 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 just happened. All right. Um, so I, I I've got I've got a general list here. Uh, this may not necessarily be my top fifteen. However. I, I do want to throw in some curveballs that may not be on other people's lists. So uh, it might, I might not just be talking about uh, super, uh, superheroes. I might just be talking about people who are in superhero movies a little bit with some of my picks. In, in That's my, fine. In my first five, Lucius Fox of the Batman, Chris Nolan stuff because Morgan Freeman, need I say more? <clears throat> good pick, good pick. Yeah. So another one I would have on there is actually Maria Hill. Because I realized, because I, I realized I didn't have any uh, women on my list, and I, I think she's actually probably one of the strongest female characters we've gotten in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I still have some issues with with Black Widow. That's why I couldn't really put her in on, on my on my list, and I feel like she still needs further fleshing out, which could potentially happen with her own movie. But at least they're getting there with her. Like Civil War was a, another step in the right direction. Winter Soldier got her there as well. Didn't really like her character development too much in uh, in Age of Ultron, but they were trying. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, Maria Hill was definitely on that list. Um, three others. For more Maria Hill, mm-hmm. go see the latest Jack Reacher movie. Because <laughs> Colby Smulders plays the exact same character. <laughs> From what I've heard, yeah. Uh, so uh, Bruce Willis is David Dunn. From the Unbreakable. From Unbreakable. Oh, okay. Yeah, from, from Unbreakable. Uh, I... I, I almost I almost wound up putting uh, uh, Sam Jackson's Mr. Glass on there, but they have that in their top fifty, so I wanted to be a little bit different. And uh, honestly, Unbreakable is just a fantastic movie, and Bruce Willis brings the uh, the character to life. He, he's an everyman character that, at the same time, is absolutely believable as something more than just an everyman. So that's that's what I love about it. I've only seen that movie once. I I'm definitely going to wind up getting it on Blu-ray soon. It is also on, on HBO Go, so if you have mm-hmm. HBO Go or HBO Now, you can actually watch it whenever you want right now, and I, I suggest giving it a watch again. It, it really holds up. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll do that. Uh, so I've got the two more on my list here. Carl Urban's Judge Dredd, which, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I feel like a, it was a big mistake having that as far down on, on their list, as, or far up, whichever way you want to put it, uh, as they had it, because... Carl Urban like completely got the character of Judge Dredd down to the letter. Like he, he got everything that makes that character right and and made it work. So, wait, wait. So you're saying no? There is no. I am, I am the law. Uh, go fuck yourself. And uh, <laughs> and and going back to the well of uh, kick-ass movies, uh, Hit Girl would actually be in my in my top fifteen. That she's further down on 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 their list. That she's definitely in my fifth top fifteen because, oh, I mean, really, like you you couldn't have a better adaptation of Hit Girl 
than you got out of Chloe Grace Moretz because she always wanted to play a badass. She's always wanted to be Hit Girl in real life, and she got to be her on the screen. So there you go. I feel like the problem with her career is that she's like shied away from being a badass. Mm-hmm. And anything, at least that I've seen her in recently, like she's good, but it was weird watching that Carrie remake because I was like, it's your hit girl. Yeah. You beat these girls' asses. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But plus, there were some issues in general with that with that remake. I actually watched them both back to back one year for mm-hmm. Halloween, and uh, it, it's 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 good. It's just it's not as good as I wanted it to be. Let's let's put it that way. I I actually really want to see her performance in. Uh, the second of those movies with uh, with Seth Rogen, uh, the, the sorority one uh, and fraternity one, crap. She's all right in that, yeah. yeah. Okay. Neighbors too. Thank you, thank you. Neighbors too, yeah, because uh, that looks like she might be a little fun. So who knows? Yeah, she's she's fun in there. All right, all right. So uh, let's let's bring it back over to Brent. Uh, give me to give me one more. Well, yeah, okay, fine. We can do Brandon again. Brandon, go ahead. All right. Uh, so um, ten is a tie for me. Ten. So I have ten A and ten B. Uh, 10A is Tom Hiddleston from Thor: The Dark World. Specifically, the scene where he's in, he, you know, he's he's projecting himself as you know being calm and regular looking, but then the whole facade drops and it's just him in a mess of a room after after his mother died. One of the most effect, I think probably one of the most affecting scenes in that movie. And 10B is Scarlett Johansson for me, uh, specifically for uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. I think um, she played well. Really, with Steve, with Rogers, and I'm going on. By there, mm-hmm. all right, making sure. Uh, she, I think she played well with um, Chris Evans, Steve Rogers. Uh, number nine, Christopher Reeves uh, from Superman, uh, Superman two, specifically the very end, uh, where he comes to the press and says, "You know, I left you. I'll never do it again." Number eight, Chadwick Boseman from uh, Civil War. I know it's kind of hard to throw him that high for me, or especially when we only seen so little from him. But oh my god, did, did he play a breakout character in that film? And from the first time you see him, when he takes on Bucky, and he just jumps off from off the roof, and it, I think just that whole introductory introductory chase scene of him as the Black Panther I just nailed every aspect of that character for me. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, number seven, Michael Fassbender, uh, specifically from X-Men First Class. Okay. Um, and a couple scenes in there. Uh, the first one is the uh, scene where he's just hunting down all people who who were part of the Nazi organization. And he comes to, uh, I think it was what, Argentina, to have the beer with, with the three guys. And they're just drinking the beer. And then they, they look up, oh, crap, we're about to die. <laughs> and then the very end where he takes the 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 silver coin and slowly puts it through um uh the Shaw's Reagan. yeah Shaw's forehead it was just that slow deliberate you know I'm getting what I want and you're going to take every minute of it right there and number six Christian Bale from The Dark Knight what why did I me yeah the the uh, vocal proclivities aside um. <laughs> That, that scene where it's um, what was it? Uh, which one? There was so many, but the 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 party scene specifically. Mm-hmm. It comes in. He comes on, putting on airs as Bruce Wayne, and then just once the crap hits the fan, slowly backs out. Takes, oh, takes <laughs> says, "Hey, tough guy!" Knocks the guy out. Takes his gun, breaks the part. 
when walks through there's a little secret um entrance to the to the uh, to the to the bat outpost and that's i think just one of the great things right there easily i mean yeah i mean he's easily the best bruce wayne we've had uh, his batman you know gravelly voice and all uh definitely the most striking batman we've gotten on stra- on screen so far oh yeah definitely and Ooh. i that was the more true to the comics but i mean one more true to the year the year one aspect of batman yes yeah so uh my number 10 dave batista as drax nice Ooh. um he had a little to do in gardens of the galaxy but he was one of the best parts of that movie um, for me, like, you know, you can put Star Lord above there all you want. It's just Chris Pratt being Chris Pratt. I don't know the Star Lord character was Chris Pratt like mm-hmm. until they cast him. Certainly, when Bendis took over, he just wrote him like Chris Pratt, and I was like, "Is that the way he was?" I don't believe that's the way he was in Annihilation. There was a little bit of that in in Captain and Lanning's Star Lord, but yes, I will definitely agree that they, that he's a little bit more smarmy now than he was before then. Yeah. Okay, so back to not to bash, not trying to bash no, no. Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. But Drax in that movie, even though he's completely different than what he is in the comics, it brings something new to the character. And I'm really glad that James Gunn's taking a, took a chance on Dave Bautista and is actually giving him lines. Because certainly they could have made him the Bane from Batman and Robin and right. just the, the, the brawler that doesn't speak. Yeah. But instead, they, they found a way to make him interesting. And. To get that from Dave Bautista, where like every other movie you see him in, like he was Inspector. I don't know if he talks that much. I couldn't make it through that movie. Uh, some other movies he's been in, he doesn't talk. So, bravo to James Gunn to, to giving him some acting, and and he he does a great job. And I think he's going to be one of the better parts of Guardians Volume Two, just based on the trailers. But that's all I have to go on right now. You you remind me, I haven't even tried to watch Spectre yet. I, I couldn't make it past the first 45 minutes. I was bored to tears. Jeez. But I, I'm not that big of a Bond fan. I do like Casino Royale, but I couldn't, I didn't really even feel Skyfall. So, no. <gasps> I know. Whatever. Uh, number nine, Carl Urban, Dread. Judge Dread. Nice. Enough said. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Enough number said, eight, Judge Dredd. Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. Yes. Enough said. Hell, I'd even throw in his X-Men Origins Wolverine performance in there before they fucked up his face. Thank you, thank you for adding that caveat, because <laughs> if you had said anything else, I would be yelling, but yes. Right, that's right. Considering that uh, wasn't number- even Ryan Reynolds, I have to, I have to remind people, is that uh, once, once he no longer had, it, had a mouth, that was someone other than Ryan Reynolds playing the character, because Ryan Reynolds was off making another movie. Is that true? It sure looks like Ryan Reynolds. That is that is actually true. Yeah, you, you can you can look and see in the credits for X Men Origins Wolverine that that is not Ryan Reynolds in that movie. <laughs> okay, I'll have to watch it. Yeah, <clears throat> it's just that one part, maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number seven, Ron Perlman is Hellboy. Okay. Nice. Not a fan. No, 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 no. That that actually that works. I mean, he, he did do a good job personifying the character. That much I'll give him. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. You just sounded like I threw you a curveball. No, no. It's just that my my problem is that I still haven't. I, I still have. I still have a uh, like ultimate like Hellboy Volume One rating to be read. Like it, it's still. I'm not. I'm not as familiar with the character of Hellboy as I should be. Okay. Let's put it that way. He's he's a lot less talky in the books, mm-hmm. but the attitude's pretty consistent. Gotcha. 
how all the characters are a lot less talky in the books. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Number six, and last for this five, Gary Oldman is Jim Gordon. Just especially in, uh, I think Batman Begins is my favorite Jim Gordon movie. Mm-hmm. Great in that movie. Just being in the be- in the in the tumbler, shooting down the thing. Whoa. <laughs> Or all of his like offhand comments and stuff like that yeah. in uh, in Batman Begins when he's encountering Batman each time is pretty funny, and then I really liked him in Dark Knight too. His really really earnest performance there. Yeah, he could, he could, he really delivered on like the pain and stuff like that. So, so I just I just posted a uh, a link into the uh, the Skype chat for you too, that uh, the reason why you think it was Ryan Reynolds in X Men Origins Wolverine is that the guy playing him looks like. Damn lot like Ryan Reynolds. He's uncredited in the movie, but yeah, X X X whatever the hell the name of the uh, of the guy was. Uh, what was it? Uh, weapon, uh, weapon eleven. No, weapon like, eleven. Yeah, weapon eleven was played by Whoa. Scott Atkins. Wait, Scott Atkins he was really? Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Scott Atkins. Ninja Scott Atkins, really? Okay. Yeah, Ninja Scott Atkins. Yep. That's the way it is, man. Right, he was Lucian. Yeah, fuck. I completely forgot about that. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read off uh, five more for me here. I'd say my number ten would be Red Skull. Now, that that is a that is a character that I'd love to see Marvel explore more. And I know that uh, there have been rumors going around that Hugo Weaving uh, may wind up reprising the role in a Nick Fury movie in Phase 4. Uh, there, at least that's that's what's been hinted at in the past couple of weeks. It might just be scuttlebutt, it might just be bullshit, but I would certainly appreciate seeing him back in the role because, quite frankly, he did a damn good job at it and he was scary as hell. So that he's definitely on my list. And actually back to back with him i would actually put chris evans captain america as my number nine uh he's he has to at least be in my top 10 and that's a good place to put him so that that's where i'll put him i don't really need to explain why he's chris evans he's, he's good at what he does and what he does is america uh america Fuck yeah yeah uh my number eight rocket raccoon mm, okay really yes really because of all the characters that that I could choose from here, this is a character that could have easily been ridiculously stupid. It could have been the worst decision Marvel ever made. Honestly, like you're gonna go with the talking raccoon for this one, really? You're, that's that's what you're gonna do? You're, you're just gonna throw a cartoon character into this whole thing and muck up the works for? the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, really, you're going to do that? But instead, what was brought to the character was a pretty fleshed-out character and, uh, like, completely lost himself in the role, too. Like, uh, Bradley Cooper, you barely even recognize that's Bradley Cooper Unless you like you, you listen hard enough. Like he does a yeah. very a very good job of, of just like transforming himself in this and bringing that character to life. And and that's that's why I would definitely put Rock, Rocket Raccoon in my top ten. I guess I would 
I don't I agree with your reasoning. Mm-hmm. He's not one of my favorites, but I feel like I would have more respect for that performance if Bradley Cooper was on set doing the acting the way that James Gunn Brothers does the motion capture on set for the character. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's 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 a good. To point. me, it's it's kind of a. It, I mean, it's kind of a split for me because they had uh, James Gunn's brother do all the motion capture for one and two mm-hmm. as Rocket Raccoon, and then I think Bradley Cooper comes in later. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No. That that that's that's fair. That's that's definitely fair. Uh, my my fourth one on on this particular list. Yeah, it, I got to throw in Christopher Bale Batman eventually. So here's where I'll put him in. Yet again, we're going to do me. I'm Batman. All right. Where's number one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the fifth in, in this in this particular portion here, this is where I'm going to throw in Christopher Reeve Superman. Uh, he's not. He, he, he's definitely not my top five, but I have to put him in there because of all of the Supermans that we've had, of all the Supermen, Supermenses, Supermans. Supermenches. Supermenches that we've had on screen so far, other than Supergirl, because that is actually my favorite on screen Superman. <laughs> and I can't include him because that's TV and that's not the rules. I'd say he is definitely the embodiment. Chris, Chris Reeves, Chris, sorry, Chris Reeve. I have to not add an S on the end of that like everybody else does. That's George. Yeah. Is is the embodiment of everything Superman for me. Uh, he brought the truth, justice, and the North American way. Yeah, see, I, I added the North to it <laughs> to, uh, to to Superman. It's Canadian. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he made it work. And I, I feel like really no other person who has put on the tights, except for maybe a little bit of uh, of, of the Adam. Uh, that's that's just what I'm gonna call him now because that's what he is in my head. Um, <laughs> no, you know he's um, Todd Ingram always. Oh yes, ab- absolutely. Yeah, like and, and and by the way, I mean j- just just think of how many different uh, like superhero uh, portrayals on this list were also in Scott Pilgrim. In one yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> go figure. But yeah, no, Brandon Routh did a good job, but uh, but he was he was playing off of what already came from Chris Reeve. Chris Reeve was strong and at the same time sensitive and that's that's what superman is to me and uh, he came off as a very important hero and we really wouldn't have the superhero movies that we have today without the building blocks of chris reeve as superman so yeah brandon ralph got a bum deal because he wasn't really allowed to create his own character oh yeah no i i agree because it was a sequel to superman 2 then he kind of had to do the same thing Chris Reeves did. Chris Reeve. I I, yeah. I, I kind of wonder, even to this day, what the sequel to Superman Returns would have been like. You know, what Brian Singer's Superman Returns Returns would have been like. You know, like if it would have been a little bit more his own. If Brandon Routh would have been able to put a little bit more of his own stamp onto the character had they made a second one. Would I wish he'd made X3 instead of Superman Returns. Oh, we all whatever. do. We That's all do. Right. Come on, please. <laughs> like, the entire reason Days of Future Past exists is to say X3 never happened. There's the biggest that. F you ever. Yep. All right, you got five more, Brennan. All right, so in the span of this phone call, my five has changed like 
like nine times. Yeah, you can give honorable mentions after your five if you want to. By the way, or we all can because I know we all have them. But uh, but yeah, I, I, it's it again. These lists are very very hard. We just think the Hollywood Reporter sucks. Continue. Right. So, um, and again, mine are just based on moments and feelings, not actual best actors. So number five for me, uh, Hugh Jackman. Mm. Uh, specifically, uh, X two. Uh, his Berserker Rage moment in that movie. Yes. And well, that came out in, what, 2003, 2004? Mm-hmm. And, you know, after the after X-Men 1, it was just like, oh, okay, here's Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. He did a pretty good job. But no, X-Men 2, he oh, oh he went crazy in Berserker. PG-13 Berserker. Logan. I know, I, I know. Oh, and, uh, PG- no, but seriously. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I, I know. Yeah. No, but no, but really, but really. Uh, screw you, Brent. No, I already know. No, no, you don't. That's no, what I'm saying. No, no I know. No, 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 I have been told, so I know. No, I you don't know seen. until you've seen it, so you don't know. No, but really, but really, yeah. <laughs> uh, just you know, PG the first PG thirteen Berserker raid. You know, just him taking the guy, putting the claws to his chest, and then you going, oh crap. It got real. Definitely. Uh, when he I, shoved that guy in the refrigerator with his claws out, that's when I realized, oh, fuck. He's dead. Yeah. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of Wolverine, by the way, I'll mention it here as opposed to when we're talking about Logan. Uh, there's a really awesome uh, video online that puts together the the timeline of the X-Men movies. And uh, I, I would I would check that out if, if, if you get a shot, because, I mean, it is essentially also the timeline of Wolverine, because it goes from, you know, when Wolverine was, uh, you know, for, first born uh, in this movie timeline uh, to to where we wind up with him. Cinefix did it. Uh, it's, it's titled Logan's X-Men Timeline, and it, it's done almost as a, a college uh, like lecture. And, and it's, it's pretty fascinating. And, and also mm. you realize just how weird and fucked up the whole X-Men movie timeline is at this point. I used to like Cinefix when Devin Faraci was still there. <laughs> and now he's not even on his own damn website. Yeah, well, that's his own damn fault. People are too mm. sensitive nowadays, in my opinion. That's just me. We're not getting into that this time around, buddy. <laughs> okay. All right. So my top five... No, no, no. Brandon's uh, not done yet. Oh, you're not done? Sorry? No. Uh, no number are four. Are we even not number three? Oh, we're not even number four. No. Right? Number three. Number four, Hugh, uh, Chris Evans. Okay. Uh, uh, Captain America, yeah. uh, specifically. Because uh, they get nine, specify. Well, yeah. Uh, not, well, as the the um, first Avenger, Captain America. Yeah. Just the scene of him and Erskine saying, "Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like bullies." Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, number three. Uh, this is a curveball for a lot of people. Uh, Jensen Ackles from Under the Red Hood. Okay. Um, All right. See, this is this is this is sort of. Uh, mm, eh, this, it might be out of bounds here. Yeah, we because I could have thrown in a lot of animation, and I did. Well, not. I'll be honest. We, the only one you could have actually thrown in for this specific list is actually Batman Master himself. Phantasm. Yeah, Batman himself. Okay. Co- you know, Ke- Kevin uh, Kevin Conroy. You could have actually thrown in there because of Master of Phantasm, but I'm gonna have to call Party Foul. Go ahead with one of your alternates. Disqualify. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. That means I have to put this one number two then. Uh, then Kevin Costner from Man of Steel. And okay. as much as much as I dislike that movie, mm-hmm. there's that one scene in there 
uh, where he goes, you know, you know, you'll always be my son. Uh, that's that was the scene in the trailer where I started crying. Yeah, if if only and, if only he was less of a little bitch when it came to being a father. <laughs> Seriously, right? Uh, so still to this day, it makes me cry. Uh, number two, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Number two, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the, this list is mutable to any uh, any effect. It, feels, it could be changing on any given day on how I feel about it. Sure. Uh, and number one, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. Nice. Nice. You're going to think that even more after Logan. Wow. You're going to think that even more after Logan. I, I, I mean, to, to give him as high praise as to be your number one is, is, is something, but... Uh, I, I will definitely say you will think that even more after Logan. Uh, he is deserving of a best picture, uh, sorry, uh, of a best supporting actor nomination mm. for his role in Logan. I will say that. Wow, I can't believe you did not add who I thought would be everybody's. <laughs> well, let's let, let's see who who yours is, Brent, and then maybe we'll see what you're talking about. All right, all right. Well, uh, so mine number five. Christian Bale Batman. Yes. I know probably surprises some people that it's this low on the list. Yeah. But uh, um well, nobody played Azrael, so That's true. <laughs> it's coming soon. It's he's he is my favorite Batman to this day and um honestly Ben Affleck hasn't given us much to work with so far, but we'll mm. see. Um but it's just because there are other actors who have performed their characters longer or better that you're able to judge more of their performance on than him just doing three movies. Right. So it's it's just a matter of timeline of when he was Batman versus some of the other people that are above him. True. Uh, speaking of, number four, Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark. He just is Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark is Robert Downey Jr., especially oh, yeah. now, like... It's, it's kind of a weird. The more I've been reading more Marvel comics lately, and I seem to notice the like the more and more of them pulling stuff from the movies. And certainly Iron Man, you could say is, you know, wasn't really. I never got a feeling of from him as smarmy. He was always a drunk, mm-hmm. and then because of Robert Downey Jr.'s drug problems, that equates into the same thing. But once Robert Downey Jr. gave his brilliant performance in Iron Man. Tony Stark was much more smarmy. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. But but I, I love Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. I don't know that they could recast Tony Stark. I don't think they... Okay, they could, but I, they, I don't they know can, if they They can, they certainly could. Yeah. But I don't think the Bond example applies here because he's played him for 15 years. Like, Sean Connery did... You know, less than that. Okay, seven maybe. Can, can I can I also throw in there then? So you don't think there's ever going to be anybody else who plays Wolverine? I don't know. Yeah. See, that's I tricky, don't know. It's a tricky one. It, it really is because yeah, like like we we associate Robert Downey Jr. with 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 Tony Stark because of the way that that Iron Man started the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But if this cinematic universe is to continue. There's go, there are going to be multiple people who will wind up playing all of these roles. I guarantee you, because this shit's not going away anytime soon. Like, well, I, I recognize that. I feel like if they redo Wolverine, they're going to reboot the entire X Men line. I agree. And so, in that case, I'm fine with it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
you can find a, a, a different take on Wolverine, a different Wolverine. And Hugh, Hugh Jackman's getting old. Yeah. He wants to eat chips and, you know, Twinkies. Yeah, right. Let him do it. Exactly. Poor guy. Midnight Doritos. Robert Downey Jr., however, like, since I know, I, well, I, I don't know if it's been said, but we can pretty much assume Marvel's not going to reboot their movie line. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say that you could just stick another guy in there and still have Chris Evans as Cap. Yeah, which is extra hilarious considering that the forever rebooted Spider-Man is not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. All so, right. It'll be strange yeah. if they do it. Hopefully they find a guy just as good as him. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Because it's going to be a tough, tough job to do. Absolutely. For yeah. both those characters. Speaking yeah. of Hugh Jackman, he is my number three okay. at Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I really like him in X-Men, X2. I like The Wolverine in Japan. Yes. Excellent movie. See the director's cut. Hell yeah. For sure. Um, I think that's available. You might be able to get that digitally now instead of... Because it was yes. only available on the 3D Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, Voodoo has it, so I'm pretty sure everybody does at this point. Okay. Yeah. So, definitely see that version of the movie. Um, and then Logan is just a, a thing unto itself. Yes. A stellar stellar performance for Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Ian McKellen is Magneto. Ah, okay. So, I, I like Fassbender, but to me, he's still, you know, and, and I like uh, McAvoy as... Professor X, but both of them are they're they're creating their own characters, but they're still playing off what is or what was, you know, or what is their characters in the future. So they're still drawing parallels and figuring out how they end up where they end up. And Fastbender's Magneto, because the timeline is so fucked up, I don't really see how he gets from where he is at the end of Future Past even to where he is in the beginning of X-Men 1. Right. Because, like, X-Men 1 Magneto is classic Magneto. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like, you look at Magneto in the comics now, and he's barely even a villain half the time. Um, Except except for the fact that he may be with Hydra, or that might have just been an alternate cover. Dear God, that better have been an alternate alternate cover. cover. Because seriously, seriously, guys, Captain America was bad enough. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Hydra was never uh, considered part of the Nazis until the Captain America film. Yeah, that's true. Oh, they were still stand-ins, though, man. I mean, like, they're they're pretty yeah. damn they're pretty damn Nazi. They're they're pretty damn crazy. But I I think people are getting pissed off about that specific situation because of the Captain America film. True. Not necessarily because Hydra's a bad guy corporation. Right. Brandon, you still there? I'm here. Uh, yeah. just, 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 just making sure, yeah, because uh, I, saw, I saw you pop, uh, pop up on my screen as online. That's why I was like, that's weird. Like, oh no. Well, I am online, so. Okay, well, there you go. Okay. And what should be everybody's number one, Heath Ledger Joker. All right. <sighs> I can't, I can't, I, I, Number one, eh, I don't know. I part of me just just but just the fact of he's the only Oscar nominated superhero movie performance. Yes, speaks volumes. Yes, and the fact that he won speaks a lot. Although I will caveat with he did die during that year, so there yeah. could be a you know 
a star next to his mark. I, I, well, that's I, the I, reason why they gave it to him. Yeah, that's absolutely the reason that they gave it to him. Like, I, that, that can't be debated. Like, but for me, the reason, like, I don't know. It's, we still don't know the true story of why he died. He died of a drug overdose. In my opinion, watching that movie and just hearing the stories, like, there's no, there's no interviews of uh, Heath Ledger while he's making that movie. You know, there's no interviews of him in the makeup. There's no interviews of him before he puts on the makeup or after he takes the makeup off. Right. Like, in my mind, Heath Ledger drove himself crazy to such a degree in such a dark anarchist place, mm-hmm. portraying that character that it affected his daily life months after he was done. And unfortunately, he ended up the way he did. Yeah. And that speaks to, like, volumes to me it's very powerful it's very tragic but his commitment to his craft if that's what ultimately did him in i have you know i have mad respect for that because of the quality performance that he gave in that movie and not only that he had he had a great script to work with but he he interpreted it in such a way that made it even better and, and like yeah that joker was you know batman was the a character Joker was an A character. He was mm-hmm. like all the other comic book movie villains. Like, look at Thor: The Dark World. Uh, yeah. Malekith barely has any lines. Some of these other comic book movie villains are like B or C characters in terms of like you want to look at who's a main character, who's not. They may be the main villain, but in terms of like screen time, motivations, development, even just like l- number of lines, some of those guys are third or fourth on the list in these movies. Right. And, 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 we'll, and he was just as big a part of that movie as was Christian Bale. Let, let, let's remember, though, what made his Joker so great was that he lost himself in the role and he didn't even have to mail all of his co-workers used condoms in the process. That's true. Or dead rats. Or dead rats. So, I, I, I mean, props to him for being able to get into the role of the Joker in such a fashion, without having to be a dick. Yeah. I mean, and but I, I, I think I, if I he was still that. alive, he would still be my number one, though. Yeah. What were you to say, Brennan? I say, I, I, heard, hearing, I heard being a dick helps, though. Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> oh, good for you. All right. <laughs> right, right. McJay, get, you see him? He's in my light. So, my number five, Loki. Considering he he was uh, conspicuous from both of your guys' lists, and no, I, no, I mentioned him. Oh, you did mention him. Oh, what, what, mm-hmm. number, what number was he? he, he was it, what number was he on yours? He was ten A. Okay, all right, gotcha. Ten A, right? I forgot you did that. Um, no, uh, yeah, he he has to be in my top five for me because of the fact that he is the best villain that Marvel has given us so far. And he's, he's driven so much of the, of the franchise. What Robert Downey Jr. has done for Marvel's heroes, Loki has done for their villains. He's the most believable. He's the most well-rounded. And he is, uh, I I think he's the one that they're going to keep using over and over again until Tom Hiddleston says, go away. So, so that's 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 why he he's on that list, and I actually really look forward to seeing him in Ragnarok and seeing what the hell that's going to be about. 
because uh, I mean, again, last we checked, he was masquerading as as Odin, and uh, is he still? That's 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 a good question. So yeah, I, just I, because he's the best Marvel villain, I don't. He's in my top twenty. Yeah, but he didn't make my top fifteen because even though he's the best Marvel villain performance we've seen so far, mm-hmm. doesn't make it better than some of the other ones that I had, in my opinion. All right, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, my, my number four would be Heath, Heath Ledger Joker. I, I can't I can't list him any any higher than that just because I I appreciate the role. I I truly do. I I feel like it, it is in many ways everything the Joker should be on screen. I need to rewatch these movies because I feel this way with a lot of things. Like I feel this way about like the Raimi uh, Spider-Man films, which by the way, one of my honorable mentions is actually Dr. Octopus. Uh, I'll just throw that out there. He didn't make my top, my top 15, but I, I was thinking about him and I very, I came pretty damn close to adding him on there. Completely agree with what you said earlier, Brent about him. But, um, those movies don't age very well for me. I, I I look back at them now and they seem a little hokey and corny, and they're they're not they're nowhere near as as well polished as as what a lot of of today's movies are. And with the same way, I'm afraid because again I'm gonna have to sit sit down and watch all three of them again. I'm afraid that the Batman movies are a are gonna wind up being an, a relic of their era the same way that the 80s ones were that they may not necessarily feel as strong as they did when they came out for me and the Joker works excellent in that trilogy but I don't know how well it's going to hold up over time I think it'll hold up there to me what speaks like the things I remember about that performance uh, the interrogation scene is a great scene, mm-hmm. a great job by both actors there. Um, from Wait. some of the accounts I read, that Christian Bale was actually beating him up against the wall. Mm-hmm. He was taking the punches, and he asked Christian Bale to do that. Yeah. Um. Him smiling like a dog in the cop car down the street at Chicago. Yeah. Lights blaring, just not a care in the world. The failed button presses. I, I, the I, failed button <laughs> press was yeah. my next one. Yeah. Like those. Those are moments that they're not corny, mm-hmm. and they're they're real character moments from him being so into the character yeah. that it was almost that they were natural reactions. I feel like yeah, absolutely, as opposed to something that he had to plan out and think. Right. Yeah. No, I'll I'll absolutely give you that. Yeah, and it, and I mean, it, he had to be in my top five just because of how excellent he was. I I just I. I, I just don't know how how much I love those Batman movies anymore. I'm gonna have to sit down and rewatch them again and see how I feel about it. But he his performance, bar none, the best Joker we've gotten on screen, and uh, probably will be the best Joker we've we've gotten on screen for quite some time because he didn't have grills on his teeth. Uh, number three on my list, he also didn't have damage on his uh, forehead. Number I don't, three, I don't mind the grills or the tattoos. It's just you. You'd want to talk about just pure acting performance. Yeah, Jared Leto's Joker's just a <laughs> the whole time, like we yeah. talked about in the movie review. Per, uh, my, Honest trailers put it best. He sounds like a purring cat the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so n- number number three, and actually, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and put my number three and my number two out there. My number three is Hugh Jackman, and my number two is Patrick Stewart uh, as as Professor Xavier, because these two together they work together so well in Logan and these are the two actors that have defined the X-Men franchise for me. I didn't wind up putting any of the first class cast in because I like them, don't get me wrong, but none of them are really iconic in the roles for me. Like Fassbender does a good job as Magneto and McAvoy does a pretty decent job as Xavier, but when I see Professor Xavier in my head, he is Patrick Stewart. Before Patrick Stewart was Professor Xavier, I saw Patrick Stewart in my head when I thought of a live-action Professor Xavier. So it's it's very, it's very hard to stop that from happening, even if you shave back a boy's head like you did at the end of Apocalypse. Well, they should have done that like three movies like at the end of first class you should have lost right. the yeah I know because you know they've already created enough continuity wonk with uh, with you know X-Men Origins and you know uh, prof- uh, Professor Xavier showing up at the end of that and everything but whatever that doesn't matter because it's out of continuity now hi-oh um, right I agree I mean uh, looking at Patrick Stewart I think that was the only the only one from the first movie from the first movie we thinking that is perfect casting oh right absolutely here. Yeah, and, and Hugh Jackman became that. Hugh Jackman became the role of Wolverine. The first right. movie, he didn't have a lot to work with. You know, like, it, there, there was cage fighting, there was Rogue. I still, to this day, kind of wish they had just used Jubilee because they forced Rogue to be Jubilee in a lot of ways. Right. Um, yeah. and, and and that didn't work for me, and it still doesn't work for me, and it, it, whatever, I I'll, I can go on for this for, for forever. Um once we got to X2, X2, in a lot of ways, is a Wolverine movie more than it is anything else, which is becomes a problem when you get to X3 when they try to do that, but they also at the same time didn't spend enough time. I, 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 I went on a, on a whole rant. Uh, I forget whether I did it on, on Facebook or whether I did it in person, but I, I, I made a statement that the X-Men movies work best when they really only focus on a few characters. Even in the ensemble, like when they focus on about two or three characters is when they're at their best. And X2 focused on Wolverine mainly and uh, also Xavier and a little bit of, uh, I mean, and, and Nightcrawler. Like those were really like the three linchpins of that piece. And it's what makes X2 so successful and uh, really, like, cemented Hugh Jackman for me because, like, like what Brandon was saying, like, that was his first real Berserker rage, and, and and it worked excellently. So much better done action scenes than anything you got in the first X Men movie, and Hugh Jackman just sold it all. X Three sucked. Whatever. We move on. <laughs> they should get Steven Soderbergh to do an X Men movie if he would, because huh. he juggled thirteen or fourteen characters. In the Oceans movies, yeah. fantastically. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I know he has no desire to do it, but I, I, that could in be an alternate cool. universe, I would love to see that. Yeah, that could be that could work cool. actually. Yeah, if they need somebody to take over the franchise, that might actually be that might actually be something that works. 
Um, uh, and and yeah, I mean Hugh Jackman o- over time, like even with his cameos uh, in in First Class and and uh, what he, what he did in the Wolverine, the the Wolverine. Um, what's so excellent about the Wolverine and then Logan is that the Wolverine is a samurai movie and Logan is a a, a western. And in both of those movies, you still encapsulate everything that works so well about the character of the Wolverine. He is noble like a samurai. He is devoted like a cowboy. And he knows how to kick everybody's ass. (laughs) And Hugh Jackman just keeps getting more and more buff with every single role. And he just embodies... Scarily buff. My God, yeah. Um, The the process that he explained on on Colbert was was fascinating to me. that, That he would basically... He would drink a lot of water... And then basically fast beforehand, so that he would then like sweat off all the weight and look look at his absolute best through dehydration whenever he needed to be shirtless, and and, and that's the process that he went through. And like, god damn, he is devoted to his craft. Um, really, just he, he get better and better over time, and he he went out on a high note. And I I, I gotta have him as my number two, my number one. Robert Downey Jr. Because just like Iron Man is still my number one on the list of superhero movies, it doesn't take it away. Robert Downey Jr. is the man who revitalized and revolutionized superhero movies. Because without him, where would we be right now? Boom. That's it. I mean, I I can't really say anything else other than that. I have some honorable mentions. If you guys want to throw out yours, uh, be my guest. Uh, Brandon, go ahead. Maybe one now. James Marsden, uh, who played Cyclops in uh, X Men movies, uh, specifically for the one scene where um, the very end of X Two, where Jean Grey dies, and just that that emotional rage you get from him, which is great because as a character, he was so static, so flat, so boring, mm-hmm. so bland, so dull because. They didn't know how to use him because the studio thought of him as pretty much the, the square pencil uh, that you know that they put that they kind of wrote him as. Um, so just seeing that emotional arc from him because Jean Grey died. I mean, it was uh, again one of the more affecting scenes in that movie. No, that's. I, I mean, I, I I would not disagree. I mean, but at the same time, needed more work. Yeah, definitely. again, it's just, again, mine's not based on any particular actor. Mine's just based on how I felt when I wrote the list of moments that, that got to me. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, I, I I have a few also, but Brent, did you have any uh, alternates? Um, I do like uh, Gerard Butler in 300. Mm. And I still maintain that Thomas Jane in The Punisher good good performance and yeah. I, I don't know why people hate it so much honestly I, I feel like it gets a worse rap than it deserves mostly for Travolta probably just Travolta hate and, yeah and, and the whole being based in Tampa thing as a Floridian I thought that was cool yeah um he's the Punisher you know yeah, he travels all over the country in Punisher Max yeah does but, he not but but he 
his origin doesn't work in Tampa. All right, whatever, fine. <laughs> his origin works wherever he is. He's a soldier. His family gets killed in crossfire. Yeah. It has nothing to do with New York. You got caught up in the... All right, fine. Uh, <sighs> I, I, ha- I had a few that I'll, that I'll throw out. Ones that I didn't mention. I actually had the Iron Giant on here. Tree. Uh, yeah. Rock. Exactly. Like I, I, I came really close to doing that, but I, I wanted to shy away from doing animated. And obviously, Kevin Conroy, if we want to talk animated, because yes, it does matter and it does count. Mask of the Phantasm. There you go. Great movie. Yes, indeed. Um, other than that, uh, looking at my list. Do you think when Vin Diesel auditioned for Groot, he just sent them a DVD of Iron Giant? Yes, I do believe so. Superman. <laughs> no, that's Superman Groot. Superman. Look, dude, if you're going to keep doing that, we can't hire you as Groot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tree. There, that works better. <laughs> I, I honestly wish we could have Vin Diesel as Black Adam and The Rock as Shazam. Instead of The Rock as Black Adam. Wow. Um, hmm. Okay. I can. Uh, oh, I mean, I mean, I I've seen other people say like opposite The Rock, put Army Hammer as Shazam. Like, okay, fine, he's a normal guy. But an inspired pick I thought of was, or not, I thought of, I saw online, John Cena as Shazam. John Cena as Shazam? But then we would never mm-hmm. see him though. Exactly. He can't be captured on film. <laughs> I don't know how that works in the, the hefty bag commercial I saw uh, today. I, hey, Frank. So he's busting his pecs up. You know it's bad when Brent's the one who goes Ive. <laughs> I only know what that joke was thanks to Jim. So. Yeah. Oh, man. That's brilliant. <laughs> Brandon, do you, need to, do you need to jump off? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to pull a Brent right now. All right, cool. Well, we're we're gonna talk Logan anyway, so uh, so that's fine. And, and you haven't seen any of the any any of the other movies I was gonna talk about, so just go ahead and uh, and let people know where they can find you real quick. Uh, as always, you can find me all over the social sphere as the Dabadon, D H E D A B B A D O N. Uh, my podcast, Pop Culture Clash, is on iTunes. Also, we are on a little bit of a hiatus because of my work schedule, but we're getting back into the swing of things starting next week. We're gonna break down. A couple of different things. I'm going to break down the news from the forthcoming Justice League trailer. Hooray. Uh, <laughs> Iron Fist, my gripes and my gripes about that TV series. And also Logan and a couple of things also. Nice. Yeah, go see Logan. Yeah, I'm going to see it. I'm going to probably take a day Friday or Saturday, you know. Here's, here's what you do, man. Okay, you, you go and buy a ticket for Logan. You go see Logan, and then you hop into Get Out. There you go. Two for one. Boom. I can't do that because I go to Movie Tavern, and they patrol the halls. Ah, okay. Yeah. Buy two tickets. You buy two tickets, dummy. Yeah, that's probably what I'll do, Brent. Yeah. Oh, well. Isn't that what Ian was saying? No, no. I I was saying theater hop. That's what I was saying. Like, don't don't pay for one and then go to another one because, oh, come on. We've all done it. I've only done it. Oh, I bought me and my buddy James bought tickets for a normal man, whatever Tim Allen movie that was. Oh dear God! And Why? then we went and saw Get 
or no, we went and saw How High instead. Oh, see, I did it with an actual. I did it with an actual good movie, um, because when, when I when I was young, uh, you know, remember I am slightly older than you, Casina. When I was young, me and and a girl at the time uh, went and bought tickets to see Patch Adams and went to see South Park. Genius. Yeah. That's how you do it. I, we had we had a guy in front of us pretend to be our father in order to get into the South Park Theater because they were checking IDs. It was pretty <laughs> fucking great. All right, go to sleep, Brandon. All right, later, guys. All right, later. It's just you and me now, Casina. You and me. <laughs> so, since uh, we both saw it, Logan, and we've been talking about it a little bit through this entire episode anyway, um, so how fucking awesome was that, huh? It it was pretty good. I'm not as in love with it as a lot of people are. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> um. I don't exactly know why. I f- I feel like maybe I'm not in love with it because the X24 clone. I feel like that kind of ruined it for me. Like, uh, I, I was like, really? I here's it, here's a, here's another. Uh, thing not from the comics that they just mm-hmm. made up out of whole cloth that's just weirdly out of place and kind of lame and see part of me was kind of hoping that it was going to turn around and be Liv Shriver yeah because I think that would have actually been pretty damn awesome and there were there were earlier drafts where Logan at least visits Sabretooth uh, and Liv was up for it. It's it's just I keep calling him calling him Liv. It's Lieb, uh, but Lieb. Uh, yeah, we we've we've Schreiber, you know was definitely up for it. It's just uh, I guess they couldn't work schedules and uh, they realized that it would have deviated from the plot too much to go off to. I think like Las Vegas was one of the uh, the plots to like find him in Las Vegas when they made it to Vegas and then you know get his help along the way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I was kind of hoping that would be Sabretooth, but. What works for me about the character of X-24 is the whole young Logan facing old haggard Logan. You know, like a full berserker Logan without any conscience facing a Logan that has years of experience and uh, damage to his to his name. You know, like like it's 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 basically like it's like a 70 year old facing himself in his prime. Yeah, I got I got that parallel. It just it threw me for a loop when uh spoilers for everybody who has seen it, we're gonna spoil the shit out of this, obviously. But when Professor X woke up to Buzzcut Logan and, and Buzzcut Logan stabbed him, I honestly thought it was a dream. And then I was like and they kept going and going and going. I'm like, wait a second, what the fuck is going on here? And I think I don't know. It's just that the whole way that they revealed him, I, I'm sure some people think it was the best way. Honestly, it didn't. It left me feeling a little blase, blase because I was like, wait, what? The whole time. And then once I realized that that was real, I was like, oh, really? That's how they're going to kill Professor X? Yeah. I, I would have liked Professor X to go out in a different way, I guess. I don't know. I did, I did and, like the way he went out, though. Like, right when we're, you know, about to find out exactly what happened in Westchester, we get that taken from us. I guess. I guess I was hoping for a bigger heroic moment for 
Charles as opposed to an old man frailty moment. Yeah. I mean, for him to be to have his last moment. I mean, his 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 heroic moment was actually when he you know when he caused those seizures, right? And I I I don't know if I wouldn't wanted him to die that early on in the movie, but mm-hmm. a scene similar to that is how I pictured him going out. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I I mean, really, like so much of it worked for me just just because of the acting. Like, holy, holy crap! I don't know where the hell they found the actress who played Laura, but that. She, not only does she have a future, she is freaking fantastic. Like, yeah, she was she was really good. I feel like the other part about the movie, I'm not trying to bring the conversation down, but just trying to figure out why I didn't like it as much as other people. No, no, yeah. Like once they got to uh, North Dakota mm-hmm. with all the kids, yeah. I guess because it was another band of like the kids from Hook, you know, the uh, Misfit, to- not Misfit Toys, but the. Neverland kids, whatever they're called, mm-hmm. the Lost Boys, yeah, with no parents and no, no, like I was like, they all had escorts or something probably, and none of those people made it up north. Like, there's not one adult, one parent, anything. It just felt a little like I don't know. I'm not entirely, too unbelievable. I'm, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not entirely certain that they had escorts. Actually, I, 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 I the movie makes that unclear. As to whether or not they were just like a group that split off, or whether Laura's or not. Laura's mom said in that her in her video that they, I think I don't know. This is not an exact quote, but the gist of it was they tried to get as many out as they could. So to me, if she's taking Laura, then there should be other nurses, doctors, candy stripers, whatever, with these other kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Uh, also, uh, I, I would in my head. The safe haven is the is Department H, in my oh Canada's super team yeah exactly like that because it's it's one of the few things that we haven't actually had mentioned in the X movies, and that would have been a nice throwaway, you know that would have been a nice like you know like you know this is this is Department H where where are your coordinates you know something like that like or even even uh, you know name uh, like Vindicator or something like that that would have been cool but you know I know that that's not the way they were, that they were rolling. Um, mm-hmm. I also really liked the X-Men comics that they made for this movie because they couldn't use actual X-Men comics because, you know, Marvel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, But they, Joe Quesada still did a lot of the art for those. He did, yeah. Yeah, no, and, so, and way better art than he usually does, too. Their legal rights are bad, but they can still use the COO <laughs> of Marvel to do their yeah. their in-movie comic books. I, it's so weird. Like, the, the, the politics is so complicated. <laughs> It's very, it's very hard to piece that all together. But I, I think it's just the fact that Casada just, you know, enjoys the X Men and obviously enjoys Hugh Jackman. So I think he was just willing to participate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I like the whole, you know, it being a secret in the in the comic itself, and which makes me wonder: did they get it from the comic, or was the comic written so that people would be able to find this haven? Yeah, that 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 whole like loose end type thing, I think, is why I was like, it never clicked for me at the end. Like when that movie ended, I was like, okay, but I wasn't like, wow, that was great. I was like, that was good. And then I I got up and left, and seriously, never gave it much thought after that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it'll go. It'll go down as one of the better X Men movies, but it's not gonna be my favorite. Yeah. It, it's um it, it's it's a just fi- because it yeah. has a lot of loose ends no i i, I get that and i 
I wasn't looking for a perfect, loose, everything all tied up movie. And I, I, I mean, honestly, I, that's that's often the case for the two of us. Like we 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 look for different things in movies, and I I, I think that. For me, I was looking for an end to Logan's story. I knew that they were going to end it because you don't do old man Logan and have him survive. That just doesn't make any sense, especially right, especially yeah. since the character of, of, of Wolverine as played by Hugh Jackman, this is the end of his road as of now, un- unless he suddenly decides to show up in a, Wolver- in a, in a Deadpool movie or something. Um, but I think that... This was everything I love about the Wolverine character. He had a small child to to take take around with him. You know, the Jubilee character that I was talking about earlier, like he had that in this. Um, he had the mentor character, which which is always integral to him. You know, Xavier has been that in, in many situations, but it's also been guys like Forge over the years. Um, but he he had he had that here and. Patrick Stewart too like it's hard he's old but it actually is difficult to act 90 when you're not 90 yeah well they really they made him look even older too oh, totally. like they yeah. aged him up yes yeah believable like Patrick too. Stewart's in his 70s 80s yeah. mind you he's kind of looked exactly the same since he was in his like 40s or 50s, 50s yeah thanks thanks to losing his hair early mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh but yeah no they 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 did a great job with the age makeup but still he sold that role like he sold the slowly losing his faculties xavier exceptionally well and there's still enough there for him to be like the old wise caring mentor but at the same time it's heartbreaking to watch that happen you know as 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 somebody who has a a 90 like a 90 I think he's 93 now my grandfather like a 93 year old grandfather whose whose body is you know slowly betraying him it's it's really kind of heart-wrenching to watch that shit happen and like the confusion on Xavier's face when he, you know, when he has those seizures, and as he's slowly remembering what what he did in Westchester, and what you what you think about them switching uh, who killed the the X Men from from Wolverine to Xavier? I, th- I think that worked really well story wise. It's fine with me. It's terribly tragic. Tragic either way. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, because you know, with Wolverine in the comics. It's tragic because that was Wolverine's home, mm-hmm. and he betrayed his house. Right. And it's equally as tragic if Professor Xavier does it because that was his home. Yes. You know? Yeah. But it's a little bit more tragic for Wolverine in the books because you have the the history of him being a loner and never quite fitting in. He, they had that in the movie still, but I'm fine with it either way. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it's same here. I, I think I think it worked really well the way that they did it, and uh, and it's still. It still had a, a major effect too. Uh, Stephen Merchant's Caliban too. Like, remember X Men Apocalypse and how shitty it was, and like it's the same guy playing the same character. Only this actually feels like Caliban, and in Apocalypse it really didn't. So, like, is it the same character from that? I guess, sort of, kind of. You know, maybe? I I think I watched X Men Apocalypse like three weeks before this movie came out. Yeah, finally, uh-huh. it's been sitting on my shelf in its Blu-ray holder for months. Uh-huh. Um, I, honestly, I didn't care. Okay, it's Stephen Merchant being Stephen Merchant. Yeah, just less of the ladies' man shtick that some of his other characters have had. <laughs> um, 
Honestly, I never understood why Caliban was pasty white. Because he's, he's, uh, it has nothing else to do with his look, I guess. I oh, know. he he's uh, 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 crap. Uh, he's uh, albino. That's that's actually part of his character. Okay. Yeah, in the comics, I mean that that's why him him getting into the sun hurts him so much. Is that in he's, the comics he's like really weird and alien looking and yes, I don't know. yes he is. But in in the comics. But yeah, he's a Morlock in the comics, but I I, yeah. I I think they all they also add like it's he's a Morlock who's also an albino, if I remember correctly, in the yeah. comics. And and this time around, yeah, the the albinoism is why he he can't go into the sun and why he's so, uh, you know, reclusive as it were. Um, but I, they use his tracking ability really well in this, and uh, you know, even, I think albinos can go in the sun though. They like, can. That's not a real thing. They can. But I guess maybe it's more heightened. I don't fucking know, man. It's it, it, they it, certainly it, don't boil mean, up like the fucking wicked witch. That's true. When they hear exposed sunlight, I've seen them on the street. <laughs> <laughs> they they do have to wear extra sunscreen though. That that much. Is well, of course, true. anybody yeah. from Norway or redheads do. I yeah, don't know. absolutely. Um, but I I I I also like them tying it back into Alkali Lake and all that. Like in the end, like ha- having another mm-hmm. another piece of of Logan's past coming to fruition in one way or the other um i mean and plus uh i mean the having the reavers be be a part of this too in one in one way or another like that's a nice a nice bit of x-men lore to bring into uh, the whole thing and uh yeah just o- overall i just I, I really enjoyed what we had here and it, it gave me everything definitely the most heartbreaking movie to me outside of professor xavier was watching eric lasalle's uh, family just die the way they did you know yeah that was tough that was that was, that was tough really tough what what i've been telling everybody about this movie that's asked me about it is uh it, it's a really good movie but i almost like we've always wanted the r rating for so long mm-hmm. and then when we finally got it like i i liked the movie i thought it was really good yeah amanda hated it really she, well she doesn't like westerns hmm Number one. Yeah. So the Western feel, and then once they got, like, to the kids, and that just the long scene between actions, mm-hmm. where, like, you know, not that nothing happened, but they were just there for a couple of days while it healed, she was, like, bored to shit. Yeah. And she was, like, I'm ready to leave. Um, but uh, she didn't like she didn't like the violence, and I don't really think I did either. Hmm. Like, even you know we've been wanting this R-rated Logan type thing because we can we couldn't have it right. And then now that we saw it, and even as early as the very first scene when he's in the limo at the gas station mm-hmm. and the guys trying jack his tires, yeah. In that in that scene, I, I was like, you know, you forget how violent it is to stab somebody. Yeah. And it may be it may be because this movie was playing it for reals. As opposed to like Deadpool, which was out twelve months earlier, mm-hmm. where they hacked people up, but it was for comedy. Yeah. So the violence was a little bit more comedic, but since this was played so straight, it was it was hard to watch, and I think that took a little bit of the enjoyment out for me. It was like, well, you know, be careful what you wish for because you might not be able to handle it. And I, I think I fell into a little bit into that camp. I will I will agree that uh, that it did get a little over the top at times uh, with, with with the violence, but. I, 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 at the same time, I kind of appreciated it. I go into so many movies and 
you don't actually get to see the effects of when shit gets you know violent you know like like so so many movies have to hide the blood so many movies have to uh you know like not show the spurts or or anything like that when you know in real life it sure as hell would be and and this this was a lot closer to realistic violence than you find in in most in most movies and and yeah like yeah that is part of the r rating um obviously deadpool was over the top because it's deadpool and that's what it does it's just this this was definitely a lot more grounded even with the extreme fight scenes and like yeah it it, it got a little repetitive at times uh like they didn't change it up nearly as much as they could have but it all worked for me in the end like i I, actually, I mean, I actually saw it with my with my girlfriend um, the second time that I saw it. And, Martha. Yeah, Martha. Thank you. Uh, that's never gonna get old. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I uh, she she loved it. I mean, at, as much. For, I mean, actually, she she mostly appreciated the the relationship between uh, Laura and and Logan. Like that was her favorite part. Um, and and how strong of a character they they made Laura out to be x23 out to be um because uh you know they, they could have easily made her a, a a weakling even though she had you know wolverine's powers and they didn't do that they made her as feral and ferocious as wolverine can be well all while at the same time at times being more adult than wolverine was willing to be in the movie um and and she she definitely appreciated that she appreciated the fact that uh, there were as many uh, Hispanic people in this movie as there were um, her being Puerto Rican um, so she she liked well, that. all the kids are rounded up in Mexico they should majority be his oh no I, exactly yeah that's that 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 worked nicely I mean I personally enjoyed seeing Richter on screen for the first time in one way or another because um, that was the only that was the only actually of the kids that was the only straight up like mutant. elixir was in there was that elixir. I think they called him Elixir. Oh, yeah. shit. All right. He just okay. wasn't painted gold. Okay. All right. Go figure. Okay. Other than that, though, everybody else just seemed to have the powers of other people. Like, that that one girl reminded me a little bit of uh, of da- of Danny Moonstar in her power the set. Earth Manipulator girl? Yeah, the, the Earth Manipulator, but I'm not quite sure if that's who they were painting her to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, just overall, I, I just, I had a, I had a really good, good time and I, I, I would ease, I will easily own this on Blu-ray and, and, and watch it multiple times it's just it's i don't see any other way that wolverine could have went out swinging than than with a piece based on old man logan and uh they made it better than the comic in a lot of ways uh, because there was some stupid shit that mark miller threw in there for the hell of it that well mark miller was being balls out mark miller oh he was yeah i mean again like the, but <clears throat> i mean I'm, I'm not knocking the comic because i do enjoy the comic old man logan it's just this streamlined a lot of the story uh, all while managing to you know not use any of the marvel properties that are in old man logan it still felt like old man logan that's that's what i appreciated the most out of it well, they made, there was a road trip movie, and that's what that comic is. It's yeah, a road trip definitely. story. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, plus, I like the, uh, the the closest thing we got to references, like just like in uh, you know the uh, in the Deadpool movie, there was a Parker Road to try and you know throw a reference out to Spider Man. One of the tombstones in that uh, in that opening sequence where Wolverine is at the uh, at the at the actual uh, grave sites, uh, there was a Rogers tombstone. 
there. So that's that's mm. as, cl- as close as we get to uh, Captain America being referenced in this. And there was also a Peters. So I don't know if it's an Evan Peters throughout or not, but uh, th- mm. that was that was another one that I that I that I noticed there. So you know what I what I do say is that I knew uh, Professor X was going to die. Oh yeah, like they gave that away in the marketing, right? You have a shot of three characters all throughout the movie that they're on a road trip, mm-hmm. and then you show two of them crying with a shovel. Sure. Like, yeah. for fuck's sake, guys, let's think of a way different. I don't know. Right. Let's not show that. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. Where do, I, where do you think that the uh, X Men franchise should go after this? Me personally, I'm thinking stop here. Mm-hmm. Let's not do X Men Supernova Dark Phoenix. <laughs> Anything Brian Singer related, let's just leave it alone. Yeah, like Wolverine was the spine of those series, right? And now that they finished his story, that can be the end of that series, right? Continue with Deadpool, mm-hmm. obviously that's in production. Yeah, they have new movies you know, coming. Make soon. an X Force movie. Yeah, without Wolverine, if you want to use X twenty three, I'm fine with that. I'm fascinated about this other FX show coming with with the cast that that, that they've gotten together. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, me personally, I think they need to. They need to take a break from the core X-Men. I agree with you. Because Apocalypse just didn't work mm-hmm. financially, critically. Yeah. And even like watching it now, it's fucking boring as shit. <laughs> the the best the best scene in Apocalypse is the deleted scene that takes place in the mall. I watch it on your Yeah. Board. Yeah. I like, watched it. Yeah. yeah. It, it it it's it's fun. Like the rest of the movie is not actually fun. Like I feel like they, they missed out on so much of the potential they had of basing that movie in the eighties. And uh, that was that was a scene that if they had found a way to integrate that properly and like rolled more with the actual youthful X-Men angle of this, then uh, that would have worked much better as a movie. Looking at things like Deadpool and Logan and Legion, uh, which I've, I've watched the premiere of and I need to watch the rest of because it, it, it looks fucking amazing. And I, I love that. I love that pilot. I mean, one of the most trippy pieces of, uh, of, of television I've watched in recent memory, but holy crap on a cracker that shit's good um we, we they need more stuff like that they need more side projects than they need actual straight x-men movies so I, I i'd be fine with a fucking reboot man like wait a few years but you know do a reboot in four or five years because they're sure as hell not giving the rights back to marvel that, they made that clear yeah yeah so what well, yeah I, I i would take a break but at the same time i wouldn't be surprised if they wind up making that supernova one way or another because even if Singer's not attached to direct, I know that uh, I know that even Kinberg have their hands in the pile. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I, I think it's probably going to wind up happening. Plus, you you don't assemble a cast of uh, of you know young X Men like that and not use them for at least a second movie. I, I, I guess I, at least at least that's the way that I look at it. Like, yeah, they're, they're gonna they're gonna wind up doing at least one more on that franchise. Then they could do whatever the hell they want because they might not even, they might not even have James McAvoy for that next one because neither him nor Fassbender are signed for another another movie. Yeah, but hopefully they leave Jennifer Lawrence out of it. Yeah, considering Hugh Jackman was movie to movie after X two, um, yeah, anything. Oh, possible. I didn't realize that. Yeah, no, he he only signed a. It was either it was either after X two or X three, but he only he only signed a multi picture deal once, and then after that it was movie to movie. So he that's that's why he was able to go out the way he is with Logan because he just you know he decided that enough was enough. He didn't have to worry about being stuck in a like a seven picture deal like uh, like what Marvel has a lot of their guys in. So well, he probably made some good money then too because 
normally when you sign those deals, they kind of lowball you. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. For a movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. To say the least, he's never going to have to worry about being penniless. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what do you give it out of five? Uh, three and a half. Okay. For me, it's 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 like four, four and a half territory. It, it's it's one of those movies that uh, I think almost immediately catapults into, into my top ten superhero movies that I've watched, and it it may very well be my favorite of the X franchise so far. Um, something else, something else to mention, uh, real quick is absolutely was completely surprised. Did not know about that uh, that Deadpool teaser at the beginning of the movie going into seeing logan the first time i'm like i'm like uh oh, this is well, you saw it on a thursday right i yeah i i, I did see it on, okay. on on opening night yeah i was i saw the whole thing online that i think we saw it on saturday okay so by saturday morning the whole extended version of that was online yeah with the stanley cameo and everything shove it stanley <laughs> but I, I i that was a lot of fun that was that was hilarious and yeah i'm i'm glad that uh apparently james gunn shot four Different cameos with Stan Lee. Nice. Recently. Okay. And it seems like it's a good thing if he's canceling con appearances. Yeah. They said he's getting better, but he's ninety four. Uh, yeah. I, I. So I'm I'm worried about him, yeah, but too. at the same time, I'm also glad that I took the opportunity to see him two years ago when I did when he was ninety two. Yes. Because I remember thinking back then, I didn't really think he would last much longer than ninety two. Yeah. Well, I I still had my moments sitting behind him in the Harvey Awards. Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> I mean, they're advertising like this year maybe his last year doing anything at any con. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. they're. I think they were advertising the two appearances he canceled as his last appearance at that show or that state. They were, yeah. And MegaCon's in May now, mm-hmm. and uh, I wish it wasn't. I wish it was back in March. Yeah, but they have him booked for this year, and they're advertising it as his last. Florida con appearance mm. ever. Yeah. So he's got plans to re- retire quietly into the night. Sure. And I'm kind of wondering if like, you know how sometimes old people are when they stop being so active Yeah. that they, they have a rapid decline because they're not as active anymore. Sure. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of worried about staying after yeah. this year. Once, I, if he's so able, hopefully he's able to f- continue all his commitments and stuff. But I'm just hoping that because he stops going to cons and possibly stops being so busy that he doesn't like have one of those rapid declines. Yeah, uh, but I recognize he is ninety something. So I wanted I wanted to throw out uh, you mentioning Stan and and his and his health actually just reminded me uh, that uh, you know we we lost a comic book legend uh, over the past couple of days, uh, Mr. Bernie Wrightson, and uh, I definitely wanted to throw that out on on this episode. Yes. I mean I mean holy crap! Like there are there are few artists that had the skill of Bernie Wrightson of just like bringing absolutely every single thing he touched to life. I mean, whether whether it be Swamp Thing, whether it be the Batman work that he did, whether it be the non-superhero stuff that he touched, like every single thing he did was fucking fantastic. And I, I'm, I'm glad that we have as much of his work as we do to look back on because guy was a fucking legend. Yeah. On the um, Justice League Dark animated Blu-ray, there's a of all the characters, there's a feature on Swamp Thing, and uh, it's a good 20 minutes, 30 minutes long, but they have a lot of Bernie Wrightson artwork in there with Len Wein commentary and stuff. So it, it was a good eye-opener about nice. like how good he was just on that, just on Swamp Thing alone. Yeah, 
No, absolutely. Um, I got to watch that Justice League Dark thing, actually, because I heard it's not bad. It was pretty good. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot more than uh, Justice League versus the Titans. All right. Good. Yeah, if, uh, lately T-Mobile has been giving me uh, like uh, 99-cent rentals on Fandango now. So if I, if I can mm-hmm. rent it off of there uh, next Tuesday, I'll, I'll give it a go. I think that's just about it. Uh, there is some comic talk I wanted to do, but I think I'm going to save that for next episode because, honestly, I need to read more of it because I, I think I'm going to try, if, if not by next episode and the one after, to catch up as much as possible on uh, the uh, DC Rebirth stuff, which means probably sinking 50-plus dollars on, 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 on some fucking books to catch up because that's how far behind I am. God, I hate double shipping. But uh, I'll I'll see what I can do. I want to at least do the Superman books because those seem to be the most important right now with what with what's going on with uh, with DC because with the whole uh, you know Doc Doctor Oz thing. Sorry, not Doctor Oz, Mister Oz. Um, <laughs> well, not in those last four. Yeah, yeah. He's on the cover, but he doesn't play a part. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, you, you got anything else you want to cover, man? Nope. All right. Cool. Uh, BKs or anything. Um, not coming up that I know of. Eh, cool. Um, we do still have those, uh, those comic timings, uh, extra points that will wind up coming out eventually, but uh, there's no set release date on that because they do take extensive editing. So again, they become less relevant as time goes on, but uh, I know Dr. Strange is out on, uh, on, on Blu-ray now. So you can hear our thoughts on Dr. Strange at some point. And, uh, and we also talked a little bit about Adam Luke Cage, but next episode will definitely be Iron Fist uh, plus uh, some other movie talk because I didn't get a chance to talk about uh, split this episode. And I, I wanted to touch on that a little bit and, and how, uh, my, my opinions on that and there's a reason that I'm bringing that up on a super uh, mostly a superhero show but no spoilers alright um, yeah that's about it here so uh, yeah that's that uh, Brandon yet again thanks for joining us alright you're not here anymore alright the uh, email address for comic timing is comic timing at gmail.com we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network over comicspodcast.com and the League of Combo Podcasts over comicbooknoise.com slash league. And you can join in on the conversation over at facebook.com slash comic timing. And if you want to throw us an iTunes review for the first time in five years, please go ahead and do so. Casino, good catching up, man. Yes, very good. All right, glad you got uh, lived down. Kids are great until the eight. <laughs> Told my buddy that a couple days ago. I'm like, nice. Thanks. It's a great until the end. Yeah, that's that's that, that's a pretty good. Uh, that's almost Yogi Berra esque. Mm-hmm. And as always, there's always time for comics. throat right now hold on <coughs> there we go all right uh yeah no i never have to record over myself again how was that how fun was that i, I think there's a reason why i haven't uh podcasted in about a month <laughs> that that episode took me about three weeks to do oh, um and like it in some ways it was fun in other ways, I was pulling my hair out because I have to listen what I had to what I had to say. I have to boost the gain on what I had to say, and then I have to listen to what I had to say, and then I had to record what I said again, sometimes more eloquently because I had that power, 
and uh, that I had to copy, paste, move on to the next bit. Copy, paste, move on to the next bit. Copy, paste, move on to the next bit. No, thank you. Yeah. Hey there, folks. My name is Ian Levesteen. My name is Ian Levesteen, and welcome to episode 186 of Comic Timing. Why did I say my name twice? Oh, well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> hey there, folks. My name is Ian Levesteen, and welcome to 186. Epi- uh, yeah, one more time. 